All right, baby. We're back. Episode two. Kind of round two, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Round two of episode two. Those who are just tuning in to the start of this, Ty and I have been on this this session, I call them, for like 15 minutes. And then, you know, classic. We recognize that we actually weren't recording. And man, we we nailed it, dude. Killed it, too. It was great. It was solved the world's problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, everybody, welcome. Welcome to You Don't Look Like a Therapist. The podcast with myself, Mitchell Paulson, licensed professional clinical counselor, private practice therapy owner in Denver, Colorado, St. Paul, Minnesota, here tonight with one of my oldest, longest friends. Mm-hmm. It's Tyler Desmonds, one of my oldest friends. We went to college together. We've known each other for a very, very, very long time. Ty, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> when you, you've been talking about doing a podcast for... Uh, I don't know, ten years or so, and uh, yeah, and uh, when you when you re- told me kind of the concept of the, you know, you don't look like a therapist, and with my role, I'm like, oh, I'm sure, we'll sit down. You told me right away you wanted to sit down, so this is awesome. Yeah, but you got it going. Yeah, man. yeah, Ty, thanks for joining me. I can't wait to tell people about what you do, have you talk about what you do, and we're going to get into a lot about the way that you support the community in much the same way that I do as a therapist. If you're watching this right now on Spotify, you see how gorgeous Ty's hair is. He's got <laughs> perfect hair. I got the fallout boy hat. We really look like a couple of dudes who support the support the community at this point. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no stoked. <laughs> stoked no to have doubt. you. So everybody, welcome back. Episode two, You Don't Look Like a Therapist. Tonight, we are talking about hidden losses. And hidden losses is this idea that there are everybody in, in the world that at any point in their life, could deal with and has to deal with and navigate grief and loss and death and dying. And and one of the things that we see in the therapy field a lot is this idea that people have really good supports generally when they lose somebody with a loss that, that we're all very well aware of, the death of a family member, a friend, a coworker, some large scale tragedy. Those those kinds of loss are loss that we're all really familiar with. Most of us have navigated those. And if you haven't, you will. That's unfortunately mm-hmm. a part of life. Every, all of us are faced with navigating and coping with death and dying at some point. But also in life are these other losses that maybe don't get the same attention or carry the same weight that a death does or a divorce does. And I'm talking about these hidden losses as a breakup of a relationship versus a divorce. Maybe I dated someone for six months or a couple of years and we went through a breakup and how painful that is. Or where Ty comes in, and we're going to get into it in a little bit, the idea of a loss of a pet and how painful and impactful that can be and the grieving process that goes along with the loss of a pet as well. And so we're here. These, the idea of a hidden loss is, is really difficult for us to navigate because as, as we know, you, we get a lot of support right away when we lose uh, an animal or a job or a breakup. But the hidden losses tend to, the, the support tends to run out a lot quicker than maybe if we lose a family member or a friend or something like that. So we call them hidden losses in the field. The term kind of coined by Guy Winch, a psychologist who has a great podcast as well with Lori Gottlieb called, uh, I I don't know what it's called. Lori's book was great. It was called, maybe you should talk to someone, Uh, but they have a great podcast. And he kind of coined this term in one of his books, this idea of hidden losses. Ty, you know this. So back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, Everybody was scrambling, trying to figure out life. And I personally happened to go through a really, really difficult breakup. And at that point, this was the person I thought I was going to marry, spend my life with. And and we broke up and it was really hard. So I was scrambling 
to find support. And so I relied on Ty and all my friends as much as I could. And they were great. They saved my life and helped me get through that. And I also just started to read and collect as much information as I could just about healing and navigating a breakup. And, and I had great supports. But what I also know, and from the reading that I did, is that, you know what, you might have great support right away, but the, the length of support for a breakup or the loss of a pet tends to be a little bit shorter than the length of support we get from someone mm -hmm. when we've lost a, a family member. And so we know when we, have a death. when we have a death, we have a celebration of life, or we have a funeral, or we have a lot mm -hmm. of support for people. People bring over meals, right? People do all these things to help us out. But when you have a loss of a pet or a breakup, we don't get that support. The same kind right. of response isn't there. And it's no fault of anybody's. It's just, we put significant weight on death of family members, friends, or whatever. And even though we know how painful they are, I don't think that we as a society put the same weight on a breakup versus a divorce or the death of a pet versus the death of a family member or a friend. And so a lot of the work that we do in therapy is helping people navigate these types of losses that are just as impactful. Research shows this, that the, the same areas of your brain that light up and activate when you're in physical pain or you're mm -hmm. grieving something serious like the loss of a family member are the same areas of the brain that light up when you're going through a really painful divorce or you have a broken heart or you've lost a pet. And so tonight, Ty and I are going to talk about his role in helping people to navigate this and what that looks like because Ty has, has taken a windy road to a career <laughs> that none of us who knew him 20 years Windy. ago would have ever yeah. guessed, would have ever guessed. And so Ty, mm -hmm. go ahead. I want you to introduce to everybody who's watching us or listening on Spotify or however people are checking us out right now. Go ahead and introduce your business and give us a little yeah. bit of background about <laughs> what that looks like. Because as soon as we talk to people, anytime you and I are out, people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a therapist. And they give me a second look because they're like, you don't look like a therapist. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, okay, I get it. It's the follow boy hat. I understand. Follow boy hat, tattoos. <laughs> yeah, follow boy and tattoos and the, the mm -hmm. nails. But yeah. when we get to you, when they inevitably say, Ty, what do you do? What's, what's your job? And you tell them, we always, there's a second look and a double take every time. And so and about a 30 minute conversation. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Nobody skips over that. It's not like, oh, no. I'm an accountant. No. Cool. And, and bounce. Everybody yeah. wants to ask you follow-up questions. Right. Go ahead and tell everybody who's listening to the podcast right now what you do. Yeah. So I, I own a, a business here locally in Rochester, Minnesota called Cherished Pets Cremation. Um, basically, we're a pet crematory. And uh, I, I kind of make jokes about uh, go five years ago. If someone would have said, hey, <clears throat> in five years, you're going to own a pet crematory, I would have, A, laughed in their face and said, wager anything and everything on the fact that I won't because, A, I don't really deal with dead things very well. Two, you know, it's just not my style. So yeah. fast forward five years, and then here I am. I, I found a business for sale in March of 2020. We signed, uh, signed the papers on March 10th of 2020. About three days later, the pandemic hit and everything shut down. Um, and I was in business for myself and I, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to be able to a work with the remains of, you know, dead animals. And then to understand so much about people grieving. And mm -hmm. I mean, I've gotten calls, even sitting there in the middle of the night, you know, 3 AM, all of a sudden my phone rings and, and I run over to the phone and, and I answer it and, and the gal calls cause you know, Buffy's passed away and she's, bawling her eyes out com like completely inconsolable um and and a lot of times it's i gotta go into this mode of 
set a plan, you know, tell them how things are going to work so that they can kind of start putting pieces back together. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's almost, it's, it's been like a calling for me. Like it really has, like it, I, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go at first. And this is now my third year to be 33 years in, in a month. And, um, and it's, 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 it's something I'm, I'm passionate about now. Like I'm, I'm excited to get out. You know, it's awful when I, when the phone rings, I kind of, my heart sinks every time. Cause I know there's going to be, a grieving pet parent on the other side of it, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to be able to assist and, and get the gratitude that I'm not being able to assist. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with your position, Ty. So, so you and I have talked about this before as a, as a private practice therapist, I deal with the whole gamut, a wide range of mm-hmm. presenting kind of issues or concerns that people have things that they're looking to explore, some of which are grief, but for you, right. you're, you all grief day, all the time, you live it, you live it <laughs> yeah. all day every day. And so as you got used to the business and, and Ty, everybody listening, Ty has been, been my sounding board, helped me through a lot of stuff throughout all the years. We, we've been up and down and sideways with life at this mm-hmm. point. And, and I know Ty is really great at this because he's got the empathy and he's a good human. But Ty, as you got into this business, right, for you too, like you said, I would have never guessed that this is where I was going to be. But as right. you got into it and started to learn the ins and outs of the, not only the business, but how people react in those initial moments of some of the most intense grief that they're ever going to feel. They're in crisis, they're in shock, they're in all of these yeah. overwhelming feelings. As you got into it and got used to it, what kind of things have you learned about how you navigate initial calls from people and the kind of support that you provide when someone does reach out? Yeah, so a lot of it's going to be when, they, when, when, a, when a pet parent reaches for that phone and make a phone call to, for, for assistance with, with their dog, they want or dog or cat or whatever the, the pet is, they want they want someone who sounds professional and they want someone who's calm and who basically has a plan and says, here's how things are gonna work. You can almost sense the relief over the phone, like once they're like, you know, oh I, I just came up I came downstairs and and you know Max is laying there and I I, I don't know if he's he was fine yesterday and all this and it's like oh okay well and then I go into, you know, okay, well, here's when I'm going to be there. I'll be here at this point. We'll get there here. You know, I'll, I'll work through my process and then I'll get them back to you as soon. I try and get them back as soon as I can, because I think it helps with the grieving process on closure mm. and things like that. And, and a lot of times you can just sense, you can hear them kind of sigh out the, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. When you, when you come up with a plan, you're going to, you know, I'll be there at this time. We're going to make sure this happens. We're going to be respectful. And I'm going to treat this, you know, I'm going to treat Max like, like it's my Max, you know, like that's, that's, that's the, the mentality I go at it, you know, every day is, is the parents standing there with me as I'm working through the remains and a lot of people that puts them at ease. And, and I think that's kind of step one through grief is, is helping them be at ease at first. Yeah. What Ty is speaking about and research shows us too, that most people, when they even reach out to a therapist, to a therapist for a consult or just like the, the act of reaching out and connecting with a therapist, research shows that most people feel some immediate relief of, mm-hmm. of whatever the intensity of their emotion was because they know they've taken a step and they've taken control and they've taken an actionable movement towards some kind of relief or grieving. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear you say that oftentimes towards the end of that initial conversation with people, mm-hmm. you can almost feel some of that weight removed because as hard as it is, to have someone who I reach out to in some of my hardest moments and hear a professional, empathic, understanding person on the other end, 
you mm-hmm. know that that can be valuable and is really helpful to people right away. And mm-hmm. so for you, I'm sure just like any young therapist or therapist who's new to the field, it takes a while to develop that skill and develop that rhythm and mm-hmm. how you go into. It. And I think for you, it's great that, that you identify right away that people want, they want to hear from you soon. They want action quick. They want to be a part of the process. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing when it comes to the, like the death of a human. That's why we do celebrations of life. It's why we do funerals. It's that idea of being a part of the process, that closure, that active grieving. And I think what you're seeing in your field is that most people want to be a part of this and they want stuff, they want stuff done pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got different process, you know, like for doing the pickups and things like that and picking with some people are like, well, I'd like to bring them to you and things like that. And I don't push back on any of that. It's whatever the customers I've got such a, my whole career has been customers, customer based, right? I've been in, in some kind of telecommunication sales, either via phone or in person. And one of the things I need to do real quick is be able to read people on what they're looking to do before I can, I guess, pitch them my product back in my previous life. Yeah. Now it's kind of being able to read what that person needs from me to put them at ease. And a lot of it's like, hey, I want to be at the, I want to be at the facility. I want to put put them in the machine. I want to be there for that. I don't push back. I'm like, no problem. That's, you know, whatever you need from me, I'm, I'm just here to, to execute on that plan so that you can be at ease and feel, you know, to help you get through the grieving process. It's never to try and get over what has happened because that's not the case. I, I still reach out to people that I did three years ago. Yeah. You know, I helped three years ago. I'm still reaching out to make sure things are okay or like they're doing fine because I knew that they were really struggling. and and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll check in and say, hey, you know, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? Um, you know, and it's 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 just a, it's a lifestyle that I've that I've, I've taken on of whatever that person needs to help get them through this the easiest way possible. Uh, that, that's what I do. And that's yeah. that's what I do every day. Yeah, you nailed it. It's it's all it's process, not outcome. Right. It's a process based mm-hmm. thinking yep. and a process based system where you're trying to continuously support people. Versus right. the idea of like, let's get in, get out, get done so you can be done with the process. That's not how grief works. Yep. And we know that. And that's that's important for people to recognize, too, is that everybody grieves differently. Everybody grieves with a different level of intensity. But for right. some people, that loss of a pet is as impactful because, like you've said, that pet is there. Sometimes right. 10, 15, 20 years, right? That yeah. pet is always there. And so when you're working with people, they're not only grieving the loss of the pet but life has now changed, right? Their mm-hmm. role has changed. The dog's not there when they come in. Right. The cat's not on their lap all the time. So you're missing yeah. the presence of it. But as we're talking about in this episode, this idea of hidden hidden loss, right? I think maybe you see it too in, in the field that you're in because there is a little, there's a lot of support right away and you're a, you're a really vital cog in that for people. Mm-hmm. But do you also see sometimes the idea of like people maybe feeling like, they can't grieve as intensely as they would the loss of, of right. a human, right? Do you do you also feel that like some people feel yep. that societal pressure to like I shouldn't be this beat up about the loss of an yep, animal? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. they'll they'll come in or they'll be crying and things like that, and they're like, "I'm sorry, you know, I shouldn't be crying because it's a dog," and I, I immediately tell them it's okay. I'm like, "Nope, mm-hmm. that's that's completely acceptable." I say it's acceptable. It's the norm. It's yeah. like. You're doing everything right. Like you, you, those are the kinds of things that I'll that I'll say. So because because they are right there. There is no. I don't think that there is no correct way to grieve yeah. the loss of a potential loved one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I don't think there's a way to, to 
to correctly do that. So it's whatever they're doing is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you don't turn to, you know, substances or things like that. I mean, that's obviously maybe the wrong way to do it, but, <laughs> but, you know, other things that they do, you know, I've walked into a house, um, uh, someone's dog had passed away and I'd scheduled the time to, to come and pick up and I got there and there was about three, four adults and the, the gal's dog, she was like literally spooning the dog, the dead dog in the middle of the, the uh, living room and just wailing. Like she was just bawling her eyes out. And I just, okay, no problem. I stand, take your time, sit back. It's give her some, give her time to, to, to get through or to work through what, what she's going through in that moment. Um, and it, it, there, there's, there is no incorrect way, I think, to, to grieve mm-hmm. the loss of, whether it's a, the hidden losses are, are, I see the pets are like children to these people mm-hmm. and they've lost their children. Or mm-hmm. to your point, when you're talking through like the divorce or like a, a, a new relationship that ended, the new relationship, they're still in like the hot and heavy yeah. dopamine releases okay. every time they like think of each other. Yeah. You know, 15 yeah. years later in a relationship, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> what's up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you know, they may have grown apart for so long that mm-hmm. it's not as, I think it's harder to break up with after six months. Again, I've, I've never done it, but after six months, it may be harder because you're, you're not only, you know, mentally into the relationship, but the all the different physiological things are are, are popping off, and, and you're getting all the adrenalines and the dopamine yeah. and all that stuff. So, a lot of yeah. times, those are I think heavier than mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, when people mature. people experience that, like if you're in a new relationship and you're in, right? It's like you're speaking mm-hmm. to it's super fun, it's intense, it's exciting, it's all of these things, and then you lose that. Well, and it's gone like that. That's really hard for a lot of people. It's, it comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere a lot of times and people, the same thing with like, Oh, I shouldn't be crying because it's a pet. People oftentimes will say the same thing where it's like, well, we only went out for a few months. I don't even know why I'm in therapy crying right now. And because that loss you hurt, your brain is responding. Your body is responding much the same way as any other loss. The difference right. in why it's called hidden is that maybe you have a ton of, of support from your friends and stuff right away. But I think people kind of go oh, into yeah. their regular life a lot sooner if you just mm-hmm. broke up with someone that you've been seeing for three months versus if you had a divorce, right? And I think sometimes right. the same thing happens with pets. Whereas if I lose a pet, you know, I lost Baxter. I had this old Cocker Spaniel for years. Yeah. He's ta- he tattooed on my ribs. That's how, how hard mm-hmm. it was for me. But I got a ton of support and everybody who knows and, and loves me knows that I still talk about Baxter. I still think about mm-hmm. it. But a lot of times I think what happens with a pet versus a, the loss of a human is that someone, we get a lot of support and stuff right away. And then people tend to like move back on with their lives much quicker and forget about how much grieving we're actually doing. And so, you know, when you lose a pet, people aren't bringing over meals for you. There's no celebration Mm. of life usually, none of that stuff. And so a lot of times I think the hard part about a hidden loss is that uh, we end up, (laughs) yeah, it's you. Yeah, Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I come in and, yep. Yeah. And a lot of times we end up grieving almost in silence or like hidden. You know, if it's been, say, three weeks from the loss of a pet or a month or a breakup and someone asks, hey, how you doing? I think it's way, way more likely that we're going to put a smile on and say, I'm good. You know, like I'm, I'm yeah. good. Whereas if we've lost a family member or a friend or somebody else, I think we're still more willing to be vulnerable. And so I think a lot of times there's a lot of grieving that happens behind the scenes when it comes to the loss of a pet 
or the loss of a, of a, a you know, breakup or a relationship versus a divorce. Well, as a counselor, you know, anytime it's a conceal, don't feel right kind of thing is like when you grieve in in silence, it actually kind of worsens the the grief. Right. Because, A, you're probably if someone feels like grief after a pet, they maybe feel ashamed that they're still grieving, you know, Baxter or whatever. Someone who doesn't quite understand you know, what, what they should be going through is they're sitting there going, why, why am I still grieving this? So they're, yeah. they're embarrassed or whatever. So they're kind of sitting there internally. Well, mm-hmm. as a therapist, you know, the easiest, the way to grieve things is to talk about it, yeah. to get tools and tactics to get through when you're struggling and, and those kinds of things. That's all the work that you do. Yeah. But people, when they lose a pet when they get broken up with after, you know, they, where, when they get out of a relationship after six months, they may still be struggling internally more than everyone else knows, which could then snowball that effect into further grief and further, further depression. Almost. We find things like complicated grief. We find things like, Mm -hmm. yeah, depressive symptoms that, that idea of this like conceal don't feel is very prevalent society. We know that we've done a lot better. One of the ancillary impacts uh, benefits of the pandemic was the idea that a lot of people did decide to start reaching out because life was so shut down that, mm-hmm. that, but there's still that stigma. And I talked about it on my first episode. It's why I do this podcast. You don't look like a therapist. It's because we have a lot of freaking work to do to get to mm-hmm. where people can feel like they can grieve. And one of the other parts that you mentioned is this idea of like, yeah, maybe some, some support right away. And you're a big part of that, but you also provide some follow-up services for your mm-hmm. clients that I think are really valuable to them when it comes to closure and continuing that grief. What kind of stuff do you guys provide for your, your clients after the initial stage yeah. of working with them? So generally, if, if a pet passes away at home, we'll go, we'll do pickup, we'll go through the information, I go through my process, when I bring the, the pet back, you know, we get pick out an urn, um, different one, whatever works best for, for the customer. Mm-hmm. And then I give them a little packet, each one gets a packet, um, a little card that has, uh, so when, when a pet passed away, this uh, a kind of a, a saying called the rainbow bridge, you know, I'll see, yeah. you, see it, meet you at the rainbow bridge kind of on our way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a big uh, card that we provide with that. I also provide a sympathy card kind of saying, sorry for your loss. I write out, sorry for your loss. Like I, I, I write out each one individually as yeah. well as, you know, some sayings and things like that. I provide a business card. Um, so they know a, who did it, you know, cause like a lot of times, sometimes I'll pick up from the vet clinic or whatever. And yeah, I want them to know, I, I don't want to hide behind a curtain, right? I want them to know who I am, if they have questions with the process, uh, if they have questions about, you know, how things went, if they want to just call and talk, like I'm okay with all of that. So they've got my information. So they're able to, to walk me through that stuff. Um, and then a cremation certificate that shows you know, some information about the vital information about the pet. Um, I, I've gotten calls. I get sympathy. Or I get thank you cards. I got a whole billboard of them at the shop it's got like literally you know thanks for everything you're amazing um and and people come on facebook and will post pictures about their pet or kind of a a, a memorial about it and and you know i love that stuff i love i leave it up for as long as they need it or whatever they want um because i want whatever they need for grief right whatever they need to, to help them i can be a small part of that yeah, for sure. And a big part of it a lot of times. And that's mm-hmm. what's great. And that's what's so funny. Our friends that we lived with in college, 
our family members, you think that they would cons- think 10 years ago that you and I would be sitting there doing a podcast about how we're supporting <laughs> no. people with grief no. as we're drinking a beer and hanging out? Yeah, yeah. But it's great. Yeah. I, I think that you should really be proud of the work that you do. I know it's a, a niche field that you have found to be really, really like just resonates with who you are at this point in your life. And as a therapist, we always try to encourage people to connect with all the supports that they can find. Mm -hmm. The more supports you can find, the better. You don't have to just work with a therapist or a psych or anybody else. Our friends, our family, people who are are providing services like you, that's how we get through stuff. There's a lot of power and a lot of value and a lot of healing in the human connection and the collective experience. And so I know how valuable you are to a lot of people. You also have like four pets that are like 27 years old. Oh yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're all five or two. Two cats that are both 20 years old almost. Yeah. And a dog that's like 17 now, another one that's 13. So we're going to run the gauntlet here soon, and I'll be I'll be uh, coming on bawling my eyes out because I'll be going through grief. We'll be talking about grieving. (laughs) We'll be talking about grieving. I'll go. I'll I'll have a firsthand firsthand knowledge about you know losing a pet. You know, because I've never been in the room. Best animals ever. Yeah, I've never (laughs) I've never been in the room. Uh, I don't look forward to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, as I talk with my cl- my clients, I tell them, you know, and, and the other part of it is, is when they're talking through trying to figure out of like, is it the right time to like go through euthanasia or do I let them? And I, I just say to them, I'm like, that's an impossible decision. To me. You know, I'm going through it right now with my dog, Zoe. She gets up, she pees on the floor about every, third, every three minutes, yeah. stumbles her way through the house. She's blind and deaf. Is it the right time? I have everyone in my friends are sitting there saying like hey it's time right it's mm-hmm. time and i'm like mm-hmm. i can't put her down because she's got a she's peeing on the floor like a mm-hmm. like big deal it's a little puddle she's a tiny little rat dog so i just <laughs> clean it up and it's because I mean, for 17 years she slept in there enough yeah. so it's, it's one of those things where i get uh, i understand what people go through is because it's, it's it's an impossible yeah, I mean, it's always been around for yeah, I mean, as long it. as I can remember, you know. Ever. But you also yeah. speak to the kids. almost as long as you. Yeah, dude, exactly. I'm still a young man, you know. So yeah, higher, but <laughs> yeah. But we no. we speak to the complications of decisions that go into it. So that's the other part yeah. of what you do. Some people have just made the hardest decision that they've ever made in their life. Yeah. And you're going to come in and be that support. And and a lot of times, I'm sure you know this. There are therapy sessions when people will just cry. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll really barely say a word. And to be honest, they'll barely say a word and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll send me an email and thank me for the session. And yeah. I think a lot of times what you probably experience too, is that just being there and being a friendly face and a, and someone that people can just vent and oh. cry and be in the, <laughs> in the vicinity with, yep. that's a, that's a super yep. valuable service to provide to people too. I hug about three strangers a day. You know, I go <laughs> pick yeah, them up. Yeah. You give them a hug. good hug too. So. Yeah, I do. I, mean, yeah, I do. Yeah. Big arms my, in there. My hug skills are my hug skills are on top of it. Yeah. But yeah, so like I, it's 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 whatever the client needs to, to help them get through it, and it's whether it's a hug, it's you know, like it's again, they want to be there. Or they, mm-hmm. you know, they whatever it is they they want, I, I'll do it. And, yeah, and I'll yeah. make sure that they because I think that's you know, outside of, of providing professional help, I think from my, my desk, that's kind of like the, the thing I can do is, mm-hmm. is, is kind of help put them at ease so that they can, they can focus on themselves or they can focus on, you know, them and their family. I've said that as well. Like if a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to the clinic. 
I want to take them with, I want to bring it over here. And I'm like, well, if you want, you can leave it at the clinic. I'll be there. Like, if you're at 11, I'll be there at 1135 because mm-hmm. it's about 35, 40 minutes after, you know, mm-hmm. to go through euthanasia. Mm-hmm. I'll be there about 45 minutes later. That way you don't have to worry about, you know, dealing with the remains and that kind of stuff. Let me handle that. Me and the vets will work, vet uh, tax will work with that. You focus on yourself, your kids, your family, helping you guys get through that. I really treat, I treat it as if they're losing a, a, a family member because that's, it, te- it really is what it is. They are. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. They're losing a member of their family. And like I said, a lot of times, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, once they move out, yeah, we stay connected, but sometimes they can grow apart. Mm-hmm. Fluffy's there every day. Every day I walk in the house, you know, like Zoe, she's here every day. Yeah. Bumping yeah. into stuff. She can't and if, see you know, shit, but she's there. No, she can't see it in, but I'll, I'll pick her up and I'll, you know, cuddle with her or whatever. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it makes my day. And I, and, and, and after we get off here, I'm going to go up, I'll get in the bed and she'll find the nook and she'll lay right there for all night. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It's, so, it's, Ty, I want to ask you, so two things. One, you've been in the field now, you said three years. You've been doing this. Three years, yep. So I want to know some of the biggest lessons that you've learned. Like, what have you learned? Because, again, no, none of us expected that you would be doing this work just because right. nobody ever thinks of this. It's not on your bingo card when you're a kid. Yep. Like, what do you want to be? Right? So <laughs> No one wakes up passionate about cremation. Dollar cremation, no. Yeah. So I want to yeah, know so- what you've learned and then tell people – this is probably going to, I hope, go up in your social media. It's going to be on Spotify. Yeah. How can people yeah. get a hold of you? There's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's somebody that I'd love to work with when I need to. Talk to me about, how, A, what you've learned, and B, how do people get in contact with you? Yeah. Before I do that, you could probably hear my crazy cat, Dante. He likes was to walk around and wail. Okay. Yeah, he, he's wailing. I've yeah, been told by a vet that that means he's losing, his, he's losing his mind. With that music. Ah, he likes um, to sing. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, some of the, the biggest lessons I've learned is when, so a couple things, like one, when the phone rings, you've seen me do it. Like I get myself out of whatever scenario I'm in mm-hmm. and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm in a quiet room, dark, you know, like I, not dark, but like I want to be in a quiet room. Cause again, that person is, I know they're struggling there. They need to be my only interaction i do try and get away from my pets because they make a lot of noise and i I'm like the last thing i think it's like if someone's we're good with it <laughs> yeah someone's someone's dog just passed away i don't think they want to call the, the pet cremation guy and his dog's barking in the background yeah. so i try and like yeah. separate from that i've also tried to um one of the things i've learned to do is compartmentalize kind of dealing with working with the remains because mm-hmm. I mean, remains can be, you know, there's smells, there's mm-hmm. fluids, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So I have to figure out, I have to figure, compartmentalize that because, you know, I'm working through it. I don't want to be in some owner's house and like, you know, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to compartmentalize that and, and work through that piece. And then also, honestly, for my own health and mental health, I have to compartmentalize kind of everything because like, I can't let it weigh on me. Right. Like I've, I've told you a thousand times as a therapist is you get told some heavy, 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 heavy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta learn not that you're not thinking about the, these people or thinking about your, the people you work with, but you have to like leave it at the threshold. Right. So like when you yeah. step into that, step in your office, you mm-hmm. put on your, your hat and you can wear it all. Go but once you go, you gotta, you gotta take it off because 
you're not going to make it through very long <laughs> if you're, well, if you're working it, with everyone else's stuff. You and I talk about that a lot. I was a school counselor for a long time. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. I've lost students to suicide. I've lost all kinds yeah. of stuff. And conversations we had even before you started this work, it's like, how do you deal with that? How do you, and it's anybody who's in the helping professions like, like we are, has to learn how they cope and how they deal. And, and it's just a part, and one of those, the ways that we do it, is relying on those that are closest to us and those people that we love and can support us. And yeah. you and I and our group of friends and our families do that a lot. Yeah. But it's it's true. Like it, so, yeah. it, it's heavy and all of us get yeah. old at certain points. And so Ty, so before I'll let you go, because I know you're you're an hour later than I am right now. So that's only nine twenty. I'm not dead yet. For a long time. <laughs> I'm gonna make long. you run the gauntlet here. I'm gonna ask you one or the other and you're gonna I'm gonna tell you which ones that you're right or wrong. Okay. Okay. Ready for this? Favorite yeah, spi- your favorite Spice Girl. My favorite Spice Girl? Yeah. Uh, it's the, the brunette girl. Is it sporty? Uh, is it sporty? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it is sporty. That shows our knowledge of Spice Girls. I think it is sporty. It's, it's the short-haired brunette yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. People will tell us if we're wrong. So Yeah. yeah. So Sporty Spice. St. Paul or Minneapolis? St. Paul. Not even close. Favorite tattoo that you and I share? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got a couple of them. Yeah, it's going to be this one here. Because okay, it hurts uh, so uh, bad, right? That one. Uh, okay. Thanks, Ransom. Yeah, that one yeah. was the, the bone on the beach. Yeah, Ty and I have a shared tattoo of the two of us from a picture that someone took where we're sitting on the beach in L.A. looking out at the ocean. It's like our Contemplating life. Contemplating I'm pretty sure we were contemplating we're life. This position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Contemplating exactly. life for sure. Okay, uh, L.A. or Vegas? It's L.A. now. Okay. It was okay. Vegas at one point, but now it's yeah. L.A. Okay, all right. My Chemical Romance or Fall Out Boy? Fall Out Boy. Okay. <laughs> That's makeup, an easy one. Makeup or no makeup? Uh, no makeup. <laughs> I know you For guys that. or girls? Uh, well, either. <laughs> either. either. No, makeup. no makeup. No makeup. Okay. Everyone's naturally beautiful. That's true. Beer or wine? Ooh. Oh man, I hit you with the heavy one. Wine, it's wine, red uh, wine. Glass of red, take, right? Yeah, glass of red. <laughs> uh, Seinfeld or Friends? Seinfeld. Okay, all right. Now the two toughest ones: hockey or curling? <laughs> right now in my life, it's curling. All right. Uh, uh, God, I love hockey. Yeah, Ty's originally yeah. from Canada. He's been in Minnesota. I was born forever. in Canada. Yeah. So you yeah, picked right. curling. Is it because when we were in college, we used to go over and drink beers and watch curling, even though we didn't know what was going on? <laughs> okay. Right now it's curling. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Pretty big. Kid. I was actually streaming. Uh, I've streamed two curling matches in the last two days. Yeah. Okay. You and four. But the wild have been on. Yeah. Now there's a thousand of us. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm not talking about it. I did it once. It was fun. It was fun as hell. Hard, but it was fun. Yeah. All right. Tricky. The last one and the most mm-hmm. important one, Wisconsin or Minnesota? Minnesota. Ah, and with that, we kick him off the show, oh, baby. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, Ty, dude. Thanks for joining, man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, thanks, man. Get out to you Denver. Too. Let's have some fun. Cherish Pet Creations. My man, yeah, Cherish Pet Creations. It's one of those businesses. It's hard to market, but you know, if you need us, we're there for you. We're ready. Yeah. So we can get you on Facebook, Cherish Pet Cremations, right? Yep. Cherish Pet Cremations, um, cherishpetsmn.com. Whatever you need, just uh, Google Pets. What? I might have lost you for a sec. Cherished 
petsmn.com. Yeah. So cherishedpetsmn.com. Um, and then on Facebook, you know, whatever. I don't have a Twitter account. I guess. Okay. Yeah, Twitter. that works. All right, I'll, I'll put the links down to your stuff on all our social media pages cool. and stuff too. So, so everybody, I'm going to sign off now with Ty as well. So the whole conversation tonight, hidden losses, a breakup, the loss of a pet, something that you're grieving that maybe you don't get the same support, not because people don't care, but because as a society, we put heavier weight on certain things, certain loss. But everybody grieves. We all go through it. So some takeaways tonight. There is a lot of support out there. Find your local, your therapist, your friends, people who provide services like Ty. The collective experience is strong. Doesn't take away the pain. You have to grieve. You have to feel it. You have mm-hmm. to hurt. It's part of love and it's part of life. And that's that's what we all sign up for. We love hard. We hurt hard. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you, we can't have, have people help us get through it. So find a therapist, find your friends, your family, and find people like Ty who are providing services in the community. Don't, the other big takeaway. Don't feel shame about hurt. Loss is loss. No. There's no loss yep. that's up here and loss that's down here. Loss is right. loss. It hurts and it's okay to hurt. Grieve that shit. If you're if it's a new relationship and now you're hurting really bad because it ended, that's okay. You don't have it's to hurt that. Yeah. You lost a pet that's been a support for you for so long. Don't don't hide behind the the shield of like I I'm embarrassed or I'm sorry. Life is about feeling. You will get through it. We have lots of resources to get through stuff. Everybody heals and grieves differently, but there are a lot of people out there that love you. There are a lot of people out there that care about you, and there's a lot of people out there that can support you. So with that, Ty and I are going to sign off. Thanks for sharing a beer with me tonight, Ty. Thanks for getting the wrong answers when I asked you about Wisco in Minnesota, but it was all good. You're, we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. All right, man. All right, guys. Everybody Later. on Spotify, YouTube, thank you, guys. It's Mox. I'm out. Thank you.